Welcome, this is the Maker Chat Synth DIY podcast. I'm here today with Christian, aka Modular in a Week. Thank you so much for taking the time to come and talk to us today. Thank you. Glad to be here. Can you say a few words to introduce yourself to the, um, to the audience? Okay, right. Uh, I'll, I'll say what I say on my YouTube introduction. Um, I love modular and I've wanted to make a modular and for 25 years, when I was in my 20s somewhere, I started to uh, make a, or, or I made one module in a modular and then it stopped and then life just kept happening and then it's quite a long time ago now, I think it's five years ago, I decided to now I really need to make a modular. I've done I've done music like with the computer and stuff and synthesizers. I have a big collection of synthesizers already made, but never had any modular. And watching the prices of modular, I've never had the thought of of, of getting uh, or buying modular as such. Not saying that it's cheaper to do it DIY, but uh, but there's always I, I've always wanted to do it DIY uh, from the from my twenties up until now. And when for five five years ago when I started this journey, uh, so the reason for modular in a week is because my first modular that I re- really did I did in a week on my vacation just everything just put it in a launch box and then i finally had my modular after uh, one week uh, this then turned into a weekly series because it's a modular you're never done with a modular so just one more module and then so then i tried to make one module in a week uh, so it was still modular in a week but yeah and uh, now it's not that often anymore because lots of reasons, but also the uh, the complexity of the modules get more and more complex, of course, uh, as you go along. And I talk about uh, um, seasons, like season one season, or week one and week two, and now we're in week three, I guess. And the complexity has... It just goes up and up and up all the time. So, Do you have any formal background in electronics? No, none at all. Still don't get how a transistor works. Yeah, I don't think many people can really explain it. No, the thing with the water and stuff, it's yeah, it, just transistors eludes me. No, I can't I understand. To, to be a real... Elect- to be a real electronic Swiss, you need to know how an, uh, a transistor works. And I, I can use a transistor, but I don't know how it works. So, yeah. I think that that comes across in some of your videos where you're explaining things in a very logical term. Um, and I find that very refreshing because too many times when you try and find out, for example, how a transistor works, you're taken into quickly into mathematical and physics and electrons and all kind of formulas cons- yeah formulas oh. yeah but i found with yeah. your videos I, I i if we talk about my videos i i make videos because 
explaining to someone else is a perfect way to learn. So basically, I just I learn as I as I make the video, I learn, and then so sometimes. I've had to redact some videos because I've been way off, <laughs> uh, but uh, and uh, transistors. I did a transistor video that did not go down well. That it's my it's my Achilles heel, the transistor. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, I I like to learn and then I explain what I learned to learn again or something. So yeah. Yeah, I can understand that. I think some of the best teachers that I've had in my life have been those kind of teachers where they explain through the act of demonstrating almost almost as the audience themselves watching themselves. And I think that yeah. that's that's certainly what comes across. I think in your um was it the little angel um video with the PT2399 mm -hmm. um where you're explaining the logical circuit diagram you're explaining it in terms where you're you're walking through and you're talking about the almost the concepts of the components rather than their electrical or formulaic um relationship in the circuit okay could be that i don't remember yeah I, fair I, enough i made so many videos yeah. i need to so i know that I sometimes go back and watch my own videos because I need to remember what I said and, and how things work because I learn something and then I forget. So also a good reason to have a video about it. Uh, but the, yeah, I, I think I know what you mean that I say that this op amp is set up in a comparator configuration or something like that, right? Yeah, I think it's just the way I find it refreshing just to hear somebody talking about components in a way which I which I could understand easily um, and talking about what their actual function was rather than yeah. um, uh, rather than their kind of electronic details, which would, yeah. wouldn't, which might escape me. So, yeah. So that, that's, that's me learning that, Oh, right. The op amp and then you have a resistor there and that goes to ground. That's uh, and then I've learned what that component is, so to say. So that's that's me learning. Yeah, well, it comes across in a really kind of open and inclusive way, which I find really refreshing. Okay. And it's certainly something which, when I was first getting into Symph DIY, I had the Ray Wilson um, maker book um, relating to his builds, and also he had a, um, a forum page on the on the internet with a lot of his details, which I found to be very much in a similar spirit to the the videos which you now create yeah okay i don't know if you had anyone um inspire you to make those videos um it's the way youtube works is also very strange because when i started making my videos i one of the reasons was also that there was no videos for starting with DIY modular. I, 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 I searched and searched and searched and I didn't find anything. Uh, but the second I started making them, they just popped up. So the, I guess the algorithm, I had to start making videos for the algorithm to, to sh 
to decide, oh, he's interested. And then I found Juanito's videos and uh, Look Mom, No Computer, all those. He, he had been, he's been building for years when I started already. So I don't know why I hadn't seen him. But um, yeah, Ray Wilson and uh, Jürgen Heibel, of course, great names in, in use, synth DIY. Uh, there's a, there's a synth forum, um, a Swedish synth forum, SAS, not the Swedish airplane company, but uh, Swedish analog sympathizers uh, translated. Um, and there's been a lot of people there who's taught me a lot and, and uh, been great inspiration and has been building for years and years and years and it was a mailing list from the start so i've had a lot of inspiration from there that's great because i think that that's the kind of inclusivity that is sometimes missing from the world and i think when when you get exposed to someone who is helping to to help other people i find that really fantastic and it's something which i certainly um like gravitate towards and it's you know, your videos very much have that spirit. So it's nice to hear about where that came from. Yeah, the, I'd say I've, I've never had any community that is as inclusive as the, as the synth DIY community. It's amazingly inclusive just for everyone and always respectful and nice and, and pleasant to talk to. I've, I, I, I had my YouTube channel before, uh, I did modular in a week and I did a lot of um, maker stuff, Arduino stuff. And I, I, I saw there was a, a shift of, of um, audience who, who watched me and, and the, they're not unnice, they're not unpleasant in any way, but, but it, the synth DIY community is so much more nice I, I can't explain it but like you, you never get a, an angry comment or a, a something like that that you would get in a in the maker community and, and not angry that's the wrong word that's my yeah whatever I, I, yeah, I, don't, I know what you're saying you're basically saying that the synth DIY people are just so inclusive and kind of happy that you're there doing it without question and I think that yeah, and always, always helping. That's, I mean, yeah, it's it's rare. I think as well. Like what, what I like as well is that you um, share some of your problems as well as your successes. And I yeah. think I think that's a massive help to people because so many times when they see like a finished modular synth, they'll be like, "That's impossible to me." The person who did it must be a genius. They must never make any faults. But you. Uh, you know, like with your videos, you're very open about that kind of thing. Yeah, I and then and I don't show half of it. <laughs> uh, I wish I could. So here's the latest module. Uh, when we talk about that's how many mistakes there were, so I had to re remake everything. But so, but yeah, also I think that's also a very important thing because again when you see, as you say as well that when you see people that just have it all figured out or you just show here's the final product and it's awesome and 
everything works you you want how on earth did they get there and so i i'd like to show that it takes a lot to fail is the first step to success that's it's an important step is to fail and that's also when you learn when everything just works you never learn oh no i couldn't agree more and i know that there's people out there that have been you know incredibly inspired by you i know um my friend Bas, um, my modular journey, said that the reason mm. the reason he started um, into this path of Synth DIY was because of your videos, and I'm sure that that ethos of you know showing your mistakes and being open and and, and making it seem possible uh, was one of the reasons that people like Bas have have gone on that journey. Yeah, really, I did not know. I thought he he did modules lot way before me. Oh. Yeah, no, he 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 was, um, you know, very keen for uh, me to talk to you because because he's you know holds you in high esteem. So ah. yeah, oh, good. thank you, Bass. <laughs> <laughs> was there anything that you found intimidating when you first started on this journey? No, <laughs> I don't. I, like I. I find things intimidating first when I start doing them. I don't think so much beforehand about what could go wrong and, and what. So I've been intimidated, of course, when I realized that, oh, it's not that simple, right? So I need to, I need to dig deeper here to understand this or, or how to make this. But uh, and then I can get a bit intimidated if I don't when I don't understand what I'm trying to learn. But yeah, it's, but, but no, I, I'm not usually intimidated before I understand. No, before, I, because I don't understand usually. No, I mean, that comes up. It makes sense what you're saying, because I think speaking from my own point of view, something like, for example, a PSU um, would seem slightly intimidating to me, but I know um, I've seen your videos where you're talking about ripple current and these kind of aspects relating to capacitors and quite quite technical aspects of the build. But but yeah. you but you just seem to be able to um, work through those problems and you you never back off. You if if it needs if it needed bigger capacitors, you just had ten more small capacitors, and you wouldn't let it. You wouldn't that let was, it stop. That you. was a Frankenstein build. Yeah, but that that's that was that came later. I mean, I I did a small power supply, uh, and I even did a PCB, and I even sold it, and and basically that power supply can power one or two modules of, of today's standards. So not very powerful at all. And it was first, like when I start, when, because I had those, let's see how, if I have one, no, no matter. They're, they're, they're super tiny. They're like three by two centimeters. Um, and I had them in a whole, whole row of my modules and then my oscillator started to act up uh, act funny, you know, vibrato on every oscillator. And it was first then, and then I started talking with some people who 
who said this, oh, you got Ripple. And then I started to understand what Ripple was and why, why it was. But I didn't know that from the start. And that's the thing. I made a power supply without really thinking. Uh, and then, so then I got a problem and then I had to fix that problem afterwards. So it was... That's great, though. I mean, that's yeah. the kind of thing that, you know, like for me, I, I would be concerned that I wouldn't understand, I, I would be aware that there would be all these technicalities and they would block me from going down that route. But instead of being blocked, you just went ahead anyway and you found yeah. out and you learn anyway. So it wasn't like you never lose if you just go for it. Yeah, but that, that, I guess that's... That's a mindset. That's I don't. I never think before I do. It's, yeah. It's 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 a it's a way of life that is not easy all the time. <laughs> but I think that'd be inspiring for some people because maybe you know, sure. especially for myself because I'm, and that's why people are gravitating towards your videos and it's inspiring them because what they're seeing is somebody who may not know all the technicalities but they're going ahead anyway and yeah. they're and they're still learning they're still and they're finding problems that they're then having to fix they're talking about the problems they're sharing and it's basically inspiring people yeah that's yeah probably <laughs> do you have any I, 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 the thing is i would like to see that in video so that's why i make that because i want to see i like the struggle i want to see the struggle as well that's great. I think that that I mean that definitely comes across. I mean I'm learning so much about why you make these videos and how how they've come to life just by hearing how you talk about it now. I think it's going to be yeah. great. Is there any of your builds that you would say was your favorite? Oh dear. You know, I think I read this question and I started to think about it like way back and I don't think I found a question uh, answer for that. <laughs> My favorite build. The silence is uh, it's great. Can we take a break so I can just yeah. sit and ponder on this? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, maybe. There, so there's a module I haven't released yet, uh, and I've had it for, like, ages. Um, I've, I've, I did a video on it, the DSP-100, the effect unit. Uh so I've made a, a PCB for that uh, and a kit for it, uh, but I haven't released it yet because the moment I did it, I figured I could, I could add more features, you know, the feature creep, and then you never release something because you just keep doing and fixing and yeah. But I... I learned so, I don't know if I did that in the video, the, the wet-dry signal. I think I did that in the video because I didn't like the echomatic one. No, I didn't. Wait. 
No, I didn't do that in the video. Here's another one. I've made a lot of copies of that one as well. But anyway, so I, I did a wet, dry um, circuit that was super simple and I solved a lot of problems there and also I did this really cool thing to keep all the uh, um, a sheet of all the effects that you have in it, like 99 effects, and you need to have that written down somewhere. So I did a really cool thing. I can't show that. But <laughs> I'm going to be done with that uh, module sometime. But that's, it's kind of, I, I like it because I did so many strange things in it. And um, I, I, I figured out how to add my own uh, display and then like desoldering all the the um, how do you say the the header that was here originally and then adding a 90 degree header instead to just be able to put this onto the board like that instead of just using the cables as I did on the in the video I did so do you think so if, if I had to pick one I would pick this one because I solved a lot of, I, I did a lot of fun stuff there or just strange solutions. With the DSP side of it, did you get into the coding? Not, no, not on the, not on this module. No, that's, but week three and the week we're in now is about coding, which I, we haven't gotten into yet because we've only done, uh, mutable instruments clones so far but they're all working with power or microcontrollers so that's like a soft introduction to learning how to put hex files onto microcontrollers and then just soldering some parts and then you, as soon as you put the microcontroller in it just pops to life that's so we're, we're i'm going to get into coding again a lot, but uh, not on the DSP-99. Yeah, because I see your latest um, video, the Gris video. Yeah. Um, and that was one of the videos which really gave me that kind of insight into your openness around errors, because I know that you had a lot of problems with the wiring on the 5-volt. Five, yeah. five and, and this is branches, which is, I don't know which is worse. I This one... I have it. I have it running now. It is working today. I got it working, but I've been, uh, I've been. It's months since I released the Gris video, and yeah, it takes time. Once a problem just you and you can't solve it, it takes time. Because I know that you used the was it the Arduino um, boards on those. The, yeah. Because I I know on the original modules, do they use STM thirty two on those or? No, the like so I've done three modules. One, uh, the first one was the braids. That was a couple of the, I I didn't design anything of that. I just I just built it and uh, uh, showed you showed how to burn the firmware and stuff like that. That was a couple of guys from uh, the Netherlands and my modular journey did the has made a really nice uh, front panel which I'm using. Uh, and then the second one was uh, Peaks, which was 
beaks called because we can't use the real word uh, which was um, a guy from Argentina Matthias Levy who did that one uh, and I just he he just remade the firmware to uh, use dual P PWM instead of uh, the expensive DAC chips um, and those two modules used STM32s uh, on the original so then we just took these cheap uh, modules that you buy on AliExpress or something and you put them on and that worked the Gris and the branches the, the Gris uses a 328 80 mega which basically is an Arduino Nano so that's why you can just trace or kind of figure out which pin on the original schematics goes to the pin on one of those um, yeah, on those Arduino Nanos. And then, <clears throat> sorry, on the branches, it's actually an 80 Mega 88, which is just a really, really old 80 Mega 328. So it, I just, because you can't get 80 Mega 88s anymore, I just took uh, Arduino Nano again. It is way overkill for the few things that the branches does, but what do you do? There, like two, three dollars on AliExpress. It's not, it's not really a big deal with with uh, which controller you're using. No, makes sense. I like the fact that you're using these much more economical and easy to get hold of components as well. But that's also the reason I have so much trouble with some of the modules. So. Uh, the, the reason the branches hasn't worked up until now was because the because it's 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 a Chinese clone of an Arduino Nano and I'm using the power supply on the Arduino Nano which doesn't give exactly five volts so the negative and then I use a Zener diode for the negative reference voltage and those two don't match up so you don't the yeah so you basically got this problem because of the because uh, of the issues that you had with um with the grist module yeah basically the same not exactly but basically yeah because oh and that's also we talked about this on my discord today or i i just we talked about how you learn f from others and by watching Emily Gillet's modules, the, um, like you, you have two modules, the Gris and the Branches, they're very similar in the, or they, ha they should be similar on the input, but they're not. They, they, she uses two totally different ways of handling the input tricked signal, uh, or yeah, the CV signal, and that, so you, you learn one thing when you read the grids manual and then when you read the branches manual, you think, oh, wait, what's happening here? And then it's something else. So it's just, it's interesting, but yeah. So is she trying to almost learn something herself while she's been implementing these two different modules, do you think? I, I can't speak for her, but, but watching her uh, schematics, I would say that it was a learning curve for her, her as well. Uh, maybe it wasn't. Maybe she just chose to do it differently because she wanted to try different things. 
but but it, it looks like, oh, maybe this is better. And then we try and do it a different way. I know it's fascinating. I've talked about this before on the podcast, but a lot of the reasons why we kind of gravitate towards certain people and types of uh, module is because of kind of connecting with the person who's designed it. Uh, I think Emily's concepts and modules certainly speak of something that when, you know, as technical people or, or wannabe technical people, when you start learning about these like the schematics, the components, the methodologies, and all of the kind of heart and everything that's gone into these module, modules, you can't help but connect to um, that person's methodology. Have you got any thoughts about that? Yeah, I'd say you do. You, uh, you, you can see a bit how the person thinks when you see the schematics there are some if we when we talk about uh, music from outer space uh, ray wilson's his schematics is very compact and there's so much going on like you if you've seen his like it's almost impossible to follow because he, he just goes like this and it's uh, he was a, a genius in his own way, uh, and maybe, and he understood that. But for someone else to understand that, usually we, or I at least, I need to redraw that to like expand it into the different <clears throat> sections that it has. Uh, and then you see others that are complete chaos, um, and then you have. Juanito Moore again, which every every schematics is an art piece, uh, and then you have mine that are just quickly drawn because I need to get this idea down, and then I, and then oh, and then I need to make a PCB right, and then I do that, and then I forget about the schematics, and then people say, hey, could you like spread things out so we can see what the values are? Because we can't see that when we try to make the thing that you want us to make. And I'm like, oh yeah, sure, sorry. So people are different and that's the beauty of it. And you can see that in the schematics. I definitely think that, um, you know, that's part of the joy. And I think part of the when you're when you're building these things and you're making decisions yourself in you know whether it's buying purchasing components or even ordering like you've done yourself like um making pcbs etc you you get to see a lot about the mentality of the people and um certainly i'm drawn towards builds that i enjoy doing because of understanding that mentality when i come to build them yeah. So I think sometimes you can build and there's been no consideration at all and it makes it quite difficult to make that connection. And although the end result might be good, it can be a frustrating journey which can eat away at your own at your enjoyment. Yeah. I like I have parts of my builds can be a bit tricky uh and People have asked me to make like a manual, which 
I think is too tedious. I know I've made iBOM files I, or iBOOM files, um, which is really helpful if you can't find where to put a specific component. But usually when I do my modules, I so I, I always make a build video, which is super slow, super simple, and I talk through it all, all the time uh, and basically do it in a pace and in a way that um, that you can sit down and build it with me. So basically you, you get the PCB or the set in front of you, you turn play on the, uh, on the video and then you can sit there. You can't talk to me, but I, you can listen to me ramble about stupid stuff and also <laughs> what I'm doing. <laughs> so it's, um, yeah, kind of, and that's kind of the thing. And people sometimes, oh, I wish I had watched the build video because then I would have done this right. And I'm like, oh yeah, maybe I should press more to do watch the build video because that's the point that you're supposed to watch that. I think there's so many layers to the process. You, you've kind of, you've had to teach yourself like the process of actually designing the PCB. Um, what tooling do you use for that? ECEDA. I know a lot of people really love KiCad, but um, for some reason when I started doing this, uh, I just stumbled upon ECEDA and just because it was integrated into JLC and LCSC, I just stuck with it because it's, it just made it really easy to, uh, um, so when I, when I was looking for components to use to make a kit or make something, I could find that directly and just add it to the PCB and I would make, be sure that it would be somewhat correct um, on, the, on the footprint. Do you do your re initial des um, design on breadboard, or do you do it straight into EC? Um, well, I can't remember the letters now. ECEDA. ECEDA. Um, I even I even made my own uh, breadboard or proto board, so the proto, uh, just for that reason, just to be able to uh, when I do a new new design, I like. Uh, yeah, if you've seen my videos, you know that all my PCBs or, or later modules is made with these uh, boards. Uh, so, uh, so I took it one step further, I would say, and created my own uh, prototyping board to just make that step much, much faster for me. It's more robust as well. I think there's nothing more frustrating than working with... I, I personally do not enjoy working with breadboard because of the physical, those little wires. I don't enjoy using those little wires. They come out of the breadboard. You're, you're panicking about why it's not working, but actually it's because the wires come out. Yeah, you mean, you mean uh, these kinds? Yeah. Yeah, like the... Yeah. yeah. Hang on. There, yeah, this... Yeah, the breadboard. Can, yeah, yeah. I, I really, I don't enjoy the kind of physical disconnect that can happen or you're never being sure whether the issue is because of the wire not being correctly in the right hole. Because I struggle, yeah. I struggle with my eyes 
um, I've got poor eyesight and I personally I think the way you're doing it with soldering actually onto a proto board is much more robust and actually much more like what you would end up with anyway it yeah. makes, makes a lot because more sense then you, in the end you actually have a product that you can actually just put a front panel on some wires and then you have a, a module yeah I think it's natural I think that that's the way that I, I think that I would do it if I was going to design something I purely, um, I, I do work with breadboard occasionally, but I, I try to avoid it. Same yeah, reason. I do too. I, I have one right here. <laughs> so it's not working, of course, because yeah, some reason. Well, I think I think that you're, um, you know, you're using the medium of the YouTube to do your communication. You've got the design that you've done. You've produced. Um, the end result and the strength of your delivery is all within your YouTube anyway. Yeah, I a lot of like I try to keep all the discussion on YouTube uh, at first, but once I got the Discord, a lot of the discussions about the modules ha have moved there. Um, so, uh, and there's not that much questions as, as such like in the first in the first episodes there were a lot of questions because a lot of people uh, followed me and I wanted to do that and and they weren't quite yeah there was a lot of questions to to be asked there and so those comments uh, the, the comment section there was quite uh, um full of, of questions and answers. But nowadays, as I said, it's mostly uh, on the Discord. So, but I try to keep it on those two at least. So I really, I can't, I, I, there was a while I tried to make a Twitter post and a disc, uh, uh, Instagram post as soon as I made a new module, but uh, I, can, I can barely answer messages on Messenger and Discord and yeah, it's, I'm not a social media kind of guy. No, I think that I think you've got a good mix, and you know it's clear where your strengths lie, um, and people definitely are going towards those. I mean, you've got the YouTube, where you know you've got a great resource there with all your builds, and and like you say, the Discord. It makes sense to use those two. Yeah, um, the Discord is good because usually there's a lot of other very talented people there who are much better at answering than me that answers before me so <laughs> it's, yeah. a sign, it's a sign of a good community though when you've got other people who are kind of helping out and also taking ownership of helping new people i definitely think yeah. that it feels like a also it feels like a group of friends just hanging around having fun like so yeah it's it's a nice place to be. That's nice. That's what I mean. That's like we said at the beginning of this. That's what Simp DIY, that openness and inclusivity. That's how it should be. Yeah, exactly. Is there any um, specific tools or equipment that you um, like using or enjoy as part of your Simp DIY? Part, part of playing with it or part of making it? I think. Um, I think we'll go with making, making. Do you have any favorite bits of tool, any tools that you like for making? 
Okay, so I'm going to go with the tool I like the least. It's my new soldering iron. I've said that in a lot of videos. Yeah. That is just giving me grief. And like, if you if you're gonna make DIY synth DIY stuff, get a good soldering iron, not a cheap one, not like a really good one that everyone says is good. I have not done that. I thought I bought a good one. It's uh, it's giving me grief. Is that the eighty-eight nine? Was it? I can't remember the numbers now. It was something like the eighty-eight. Yeah, now, now I'm saying this so you don't buy this. <laughs> don't buy this. Everyone who's listening to this, don't buy the JCD eighty-eight ninety-eight. Don't buy. It. Yeah, yeah. So. Tip issues. Big tip issues. Yeah, Good. big tip issues. Yeah, I bought it because it was it. It looked like a really good one because it had both a, a heat gun and the soldering iron, and I thought, oh, awesome! Then I can use that. I've used the heat gun a couple of times. I burn myself every time because I forget how extremely hot everything is. So I I hate that as well. Yeah. Are you still using lead free? Le yeah, lead free. I mean, I've had big issues with lead-free. I tried to convert to lead-free, and I had terrible experiences with it. In fact, recently I went back to a build which I knew had a problem with it. Um, I built two identical modules. One, one was from a kit that I bought from Thonk, and the other one I parted out and bought all the components myself. And the one I parted and uh, parted didn't work correctly, and then I took it apart, and I immediately realised it was one of my lead-free modules. And that, and that was the point when I realized, oh, maybe this will never be okay because it was lead free. But um, I did manage to get it to work, but I definitely find desoldering a massive problem with lead free. Have you got any tips for desoldering lead free? Brute force? <laughs> like, no, but like, like <laughs> I, have, I have this one. It's yeah. a, like a sharp knife. And then you just... You wedge it in so you get a good lever like this, <laughs> yeah. and then you just unsolder and you push and you push and usually I get it out. That's that's the only way. I I I must agree. Like it's you can't do it in a good way. Is that with hot air or just um, soldering iron? No, yeah. soldering iron. Oh, hot yeah. air. I I don't understand that. I I never get that to work. Everything melts and I burn my fingers and the components is still there. So, <laughs> so what about with music? I know you've been doing some gigs recently. Um, I know there was some music that you did as part of a live show. Yeah, that w that was not recently. Not, not that recently. was two <laughs> two yeah. years ago, I think. Sorry. But yeah. yeah, it's okay. I I don't do that as because I've totally like I used to make much more music before, uh, and I now i just make small jams just to show off each module of the uh of the late a few of the latest modules um but um but yeah i've 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 zoned in too much on just making it and now i'm in that phase <coughs> that we are all in who are making diy uh, modular before i can do that thing that performance i need one more module and that's <laughs> so i'm back in that i mean 
I had this almost completely full uh, with the with the first. So they they are color coded. So the white with the red ones was week one, and then week two they became yellow and green, and now they're basically black. But and the, I just rip everything out because I'm not content with because my standards race all the time, so I I'm not content with what I get from one of the modules, and then I rip it out, and I think, all oh, right, now I need to make this module again. And so what's your typical, if you're going to make a jam, do you use uh, uh, any particular, do you use sequences in the rack, or do you use external sequencing? How do you go about it? Yeah, so that's my biggest problem right now. Uh, I don't have any sequencers in the rack anymore because I threw all those out. I do, so this is, I haven't even opened this one, but this is, so this is just um, a protoboard that I'm just, I'm, so I'm going to start making se uh, sequencers again. So this is just uh, pots, buttons, and LEDs and then just connection points there, uh, just so I can, uh, should be able to make some uh, prototyping to get a sequencer again, because I really need a sequencer. Is there, do you have any particular style of sequencing in mind when you're thinking about that? Yeah, I think I have a folder full of ideas. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> I have so many ideas for sequencers, but... To start with, I just want to make uh, a better Baby 8, like an Arduino-based Baby 8, which has been done tens of 20 times. Like, look, mom, no computer uh, has one. And I actually, the, the big fab, Chat GPT, I sat down and, and tried to make Chat GPT make a... Uh, eight-step eight sequencer. I haven't tried the code yet, though. But it was interesting. Well, that's the reason why this is... In, <laughs> that's the reason why this daisy seed is in a breadboard. Because, okay. Because my theory was that with ChatGPT available, I could... I could do the same thing. I'm sure, you know, the thing that was limiting me from being able to do this in the past was my coding. Uh, obviously, I could put... Um, you know, one of the coding environments on there. But I, I, I would love to tackle it from the ground up, doing it in proper code, and get ChatGPT to teach me how to write that code. That, that's the... Like, that's... Now we're jumping way off here but into ChatGPT. That, the, the thing I like about ChatGPT is that you can ask it the question or, hey, can you write me this code? And it's, sure, here it is. And then you can ask why did you write that or why did you do that and it explains why it does that and then some because yeah and then it if it's wrong when it explains it you can understand why it right so for example when i when i asked it to make this uh, eight channel sequencer it outputted uh, a value between one and 127 because I wanted it to, to have the like a PWM value on an output, but it just did it between 1 and 127. And I asked, why did you do that? Because MIDI 
only sends 1 to 127. So it mixed up two completely different things um. and just mushed it together and said, here you are. So it was completely wrong, but since it explained why, I understood why it was wrong. Yeah, half the thing with ChatGPT is teaching yourself how to ask the right question. It's almost like, you know, in Labyrinth, um, the film with um, David Bowie, yeah, with the doors, you know, the, there was a question that they had to ask the door, the guys on the doors, which is the one who's lying. One of them was oh, lying. Yeah, yeah. And it's like ChatGPT is the same as this. You have to learn how to ask the question because the first four times you try it, it answers you literally. And then you realize, yeah. oh, I have to ask the question like this for it to tell me the answer that I really want. That's true. Yeah, you have, you have to be very specific. I know, but it does kind of offer exciting opportunities because especially when it comes to writing code, it's very useful. I've used it for um, doing my bombs. So if I have, uh, I put them all into text files and then say I want to produce a multiple I say, oh, can you create, write me some code that will produce a multiple of, of this module? And they will tell me okay. how, many, how many components I need of each one. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's very simple, but it's enjoyable because, yeah. you know, it just, it, you could do it in Excel, but I yeah. just chose to do it like this. It's more fun. Yeah. Yeah. But um, so, what advice would you give to anyone who was looking to start out in Synth DIY? Such interesting questions. Um, don't. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> um, I guess you need to. It depends. Like, you can start into. You can start with SynthDIY to learn stuff. Then you can, then you watch videos like the beginning of my modular in a week series. You watch Look Mom No Computer with, with his, where he goes through uh, and shows a lot of stuff. Uh, you watch uh, uh, Moritz Klein, super informal or informational, sorry, uh, and teaches you a lot on, on what to do. If you just want really cool modules, then just go to Thunk and go crazy on, on the, in the shop and just buy kits there or go to Tindy and buy kits there. There's a lot of cool kits there as well. Um, so it's kind of, it's up to you what you, what you want out of it uh, because Again, it's it's the failures that you learn from. So just buying a kit from Thunk or whatever uh, and building it, you won't learn something, but you will get a cool module. Uh, the other way is you will fail and fail again, and then you will finally get the cool module uh, after you've learned a few stuff and maybe cried a bit. <laughs> That's fantastic advice. Thanks so much. I'm sure people will take a lot from that. Yeah. Especially the crying. I think we've all yeah. been there. Yeah. 
I think the, the the version that I took was using the the thonk method, um, where I basically became addicted to buying and making thonk modules. And I was, for a while, I, all I did was build these things, but eventually, you realise that you can't afford that forever. Um, and also, you know, there are other and other kind of methodologies to use. And I certainly, when I look around and seeing the style which you've you've done with the actually doing it properly from the ground up that's proper synth diy that's what i would call it um it does seem to be the most rewarding in terms of learning like you say that's the thing yeah that's the thing like i i have the same urge one more module but like every module i learn something and i really need to there's there's a bigger process and usually now we come back into the uh, existential questions like when you go and buy a new novel thing it's the thrill before you get the thing in your hand like the build up until you get it in your hand is the that's the dopamine talking that's that's what you like as soon as you get it in your hand it's like right Oh, right. So now I'm done. Now we're there's nothing more to do with it. Like, of course, it's a module, so you can put it in, in, in your modular and make nice music, of course. But with if you decide to go down the like really DIY route where you need to get all the parts or source all the parts yourself, you need to... Uh, maybe etch the PCBs, you need to make the schematics and all that, then the the, re the reward is so much longer, like uh, more, more sayings. It's, it's the journey that's the, the mm -hmm. what, what is that? It's not the destination that's the uh, traveling, it's the journey. It's, yeah. That's good. What, what you get out of it. So I guess that has to... The, whoever wrote that, I'm totally butchering it, but you get the <laughs> meaning of it. Whoever wrote that must have thought about consumerism or something. No, I think that there's definitely... I can totally relate to that feeling of dopamine. And it's something that I've been guilty of, of getting hooked into dopamine rewards from uh, especially Eurorack. In fact, yeah. um, you know, I remember clearly saying to my wife quite a few years ago, if I ever talk about Eurorack, just say no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and in fact, Synth DIY was my way of selling the story, the dream. You know, the, we talked about this at the beginning. Synth DIY is maybe just an excuse that we tell ourselves to justify the journey. Um, and obviously there's l layers of that, but I, I know for myself that I have definitely got hoarding kind of behavior associated oh, with Symphony I, I, I don't have that, no. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And you just, for some reason, I find myself looking for new projects or new builds. And I know for a fact that I have boxes of PCBs and components that are yet to find them. Uh, onto a new 
module uh, and also the other issue of not even having a case to put any of these new builds into <laughs> oh then i i thought of making a video how to make this case that's it's a really easy case to build but the thing with the that's also one of the reasons um for making the videos and also because i make i try not to sell only uh, pcbs i try to um, make uh, kits for everything because i and i try to make them as cheap as possible it's it's difficult but but the thing because i also have like boxes full of pcbs that i've bought that you just buy the pcb and they're like all oh, right i don't have these components and then you just put it in the box and nothing will ever happen with it and that's kind of sad so i started selling only pcbs but then i figured out right people don't build this i really need to make the the threshold even lower for for people to actually build the modules so and, and yeah i saw on your um on your page you know i went to go and look at the price of the grist and i was very um it felt like a very good value um purchase you know you've done it very it's very fair to people i think that's i think that's very commendable yeah i try it's I've I've thought of that of of making a a video as well about uh, like asking the questions should you start selling modular or modular uh, kits uh, and why why my kits are so cheap and why my kits are so expensive because I've had both questions asked <laughs> would be interesting to answer the questions i think it would be it's kind of fun because i know i know the prices that other people charge for similar items and also they you know you've got very detailed videos that go alongside and also you can see the development process so you're getting a lot and also you've got the discord as well which again is just m more and more value that people are going to get when they buy those yeah but also so many other people give value to the discord server because like just the other day someone came in they had problem with the offset of their beaks that it was not the the zener diode in the beaks was not was subpar let's say and then they some someone on the discord server figured out a solution and just shared it there so if you want like really accurate uh, output on the beaks then you need to do this little thing so even so we've made a we've made a clone of a, a product and then this pro this new this clone is then further built upon by other people and it's uh, it's it's amazing the the community that just builds and builds and builds until it's awesome I like the fact that it's through hole as well. I think that really yeah. adds. I think that's 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 my goal. That was my goal with these modules that I built. That just make through hole through hole versions of the uh, uh, mutable instruments. 
because you, I mean, if you want to build the uh, SMD versions, then you just go to her Git, yeah, GitHub, and then you just download the PCB files and just order, and you have them there. But soldering SMD is tedious. I like it, but only 0805. I won't go too much smaller than that. Okay, I don't like it. I, it's that's I get, I get giddy. I don't. <laughs> it starts crawling on. Oh, it won't stand straight. Come on. <laughs> I can understand. Everyone's got a bin of shame. Yeah. Projects or builds that didn't make it. Can you give us an insight into yours? Sure. <laughs> we. Oh, I have so many. <laughs> this Mia scrapped project. <laughs> this one is not. Well, this one is. Um, I. I can't go through all this, but I mean, wow. it's. It's amazing. This is just one. I think I have a bigger one. Yeah, so. <laughs> here's just a bunch of. Here's all the PCBs. Oh, this is amazing. That didn't make it. That's just. <laughs> PCBs, like one of the first DSP ninety-nine with a round hole. Before I figured out how to make a square hole on ECDA. Yeah. First peaks when it was when I still called it peaks. And yeah. That's great. I love to be able to actually see it as I well. I think I have another. I think I have another box like this at least. <laughs> so many, um, but that's uh, the box of shame is probably the the like the really nice modules that I've bought and haven't built. Yeah. Built. This is just that's the box of death, probably. <laughs> I have. I would say this one is, this box is more of a shame, like so close to being built. So this is, is a PS3100 resonator. Oh, yeah. I have that, I have the uh, Bukla 292C, I have... Um, Loads of here's three really nice VCOs. Oh, just started to build them, haven't finished them. So that's another box just full of envelopes with stuff that people have sent me or that I bought. Sorry, that I bought. Then I have another bunch of things over there that people sent me that was really. Like friends on the Discord server, we we share 
PCBs with each other, and then I get them, and they. I don't have time to make them. I know uh, it's it's difficult that because when you get sent something, you, you appreciate the thought that someone's gone to. Yeah, but you also know in your head you're already underneath your own pile of backlog. <laughs> exactly, and that backlog just gets bigger and bigger for every 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 day. Yeah, I, I maybe this whole thing is a big box of shame. <laughs> no, I, I don't think it is. I think it's fantastic. I, I really enjoyed, um, you know, your previous videos on your um, tour of your studio and your workspace. Yeah. OSB everywhere. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's that's the build material. But it's like it's almost like you've got a modular approach to um this hobby but I, I would say life but obviously i can't comment on anything outside of this um, world that you've presented but certainly within the world that we see there is definitely a modular approach to everything you do from there is and it's definitely i enjoy the furniture aspect as well yeah again there's there's a module for building PCBs, there's a module here for sitting at the computer, there's a module there for for playing with the, with the studio musicals parts. So yeah, definitely. Well, it's been fantastic talking to you today. Um, I don't want to put you on the spot, but have you got any suggestions of people out, on, uh, out in the world that inspire you? Is there anyone that you go to? It doesn't have to be Symph DIY related, it could be just for inspiration in general, maybe a little insight into where you go. You mean, like, I thought when we talked about um, people who inspired you, I thought of people who in music inspired me. Um, so maybe I should have said there, I, maybe I should have said uh, Va Vangelis, who was, uh, sadly was, he died a while back. He um, was a great composer, had really cool synths, made really cool synth music, but also orchestral music. And if you ever saw his rig, uh, like he had some guy who did the most insane instruments for him uh, and like watching his studio was um, has been a big uh, inspiration to me uh, Michael Cretu uh, the guy who did Enigma uh, I saw his uh, Ibiza studios like in the 80s sometime where he just showed like he only had uh, racks in so he showed his big rack wall um, which has inspired a lot of things in my studio so there there's there's these small things that inspire me from all over uh, all over the spectrum Jean-Michel Jarre of course his use of synthesizers his um, the thing that he likes sounds that he sculpts sounds um all his special builds all his synthesizers uh, 
Um, I do watch a lot of Wintergatan. If you know what that is. I'm not familiar. It sounds no, interesting. It's, he, it's a Swedish guy who uh, did a marble machine. Oh. Uh, so, and a self-playing marble machine. And yes, then, I know this guy, yeah. Yeah, and I, 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 I connect with him in so many ways because, like, he just... He just jumped into, oh, I'm going to make a, a marble machine. And he did that. And then afterwards, it's like, this thing is crap. I need to I need to make this better. I may need to do something better with this. And then he made version two, where he learned a lot. And we all learned a lot. Everyone learned so much from that, from watching his videos. Uh, and now... He's taken a step back and now he's building version three where I'm, okay, I've learned some, I did that. I jumped into with my head first and then I learned a bunch of stuff. Now let's see if we can actually make something. And that's, I, 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 I connect a lot with that as well. Um, and of course, yeah, all the other YouTubers, uh, there's so many YouTubers that are so inspirational to watch. Look, Mom, No Computer, Juanito Moore, uh, Moritz Klein, to name a few. Uh, Hagi Wu is his, I, because I, I like to listen to, he doesn't have any sound of him speaking I, because he's Japanese. I'm not sure his, uh, how good his English is, but still he has some very cool uh, solutions for stuff so yeah awesome to just watch all these people and also all the people on my discord i've said it before um because we have share your diy and the, the things people share there it's amazing so there's i get i get inspiration from everything i can see it yeah no we don't we don't let's not dive in here that's great well i think that's it for today thanks yeah. so much for your time it's been such a pleasure to have you on and yeah uh, i feel i ramble as i always do i say that in my videos all the time i'm rambling i'm always i think it's amazing just to hear um the you know inside someone's inside someone's head coming out and some rambling can't beat it yeah <laughs> Yeah. Well, thanks. Thanks very much. That's been great. Thanks for having me. It was great. Take Cheers. care.